Episode 63 of the Florida Trail Runners Podcast. And we are talking about the Miami 100. And of course, not just any 100 mile distance. This time, we're talking about the 125, who not only completed 100 miles, but decided, you know what? I'm going to tack on 25 more miles and get that awesome belt buckle by Wicked Skins. As you may know, or may not know, Miami is celebrating 125 years, and it's a city full of history, full of diversity, and truly one of those founding father type cities for the state of Florida. But as for the Miami 100, it was also announced that the race is now officially a preferred qualifier for the Badwater 135, so just like the Keys. And honestly, one of the things that truly make this race special, not only just as a race, but it's also the fact that you really get to tour the city of Miami from Wynwood, Miami Beach, Key Biscayne, Caliocho to Coconut Grove and, and so many more. So you're not just racing, you're seeing the city from all over. And of course, taking off from Louis Coco's Taekwondo Jojang at Hero Martial Art. So on the chat, like I said, we've got your Miami 100 125 finishers Brian Schuyler and Alex Wyrick. So let's go. guys just completed the Miami 100 with the 25 mile bonus. First person to do it in the last two years. Did it in about 20, 27 hours. No, 30, 36 hours. And it hurts. 125. Woo! Oh, 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 oh. 125 challenge. It's an awesome weekend, man, and way to way to kick butt out there and and bring home the 125. It's an honor to be out here. It's the furthest distance I've ever ran. Congrats, yeah, man! Congrats on the PR. That, that's, Thank you. That's really awesome. Thank you. Beautiful award. Let's see it. Let's see it. Let's see it. Let's see it. Map. You got a lot of people uh, rooting for you. Anything you want to say to? Thank you for everybody for their support and um, you know such uh, wonderful friendship and uh, you know helping me along and stuff. Great job, great job. Awesome. That blister under that toe, that nail is definitely coming off. That nail is coming off. Look at the blister underneath that bad boy. I got here. Oh yeah, this is the one that was killing me. Here, a little, little puff. And then a couple toes here. 
And then if we switch over to this bad boy, we got a good one here. And then this one was so gnarly. Look at this. We got some in between the toes. Look at that bad boy. Woo -woo. Look at this toenail. This sucker is about to pop right off. Holy moly. Holy moly. Hey, 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 test, test, one, two. <laughs> I was stuffing my face full of real king caramel popcorn. Uh, no worries, man. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm good. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I was super stoked. This hurricane threw me all out of whack. <laughs> I know, I know. Are, are you on, which coast are you on? Are you kind of in the middle? I mean, I'm Dade City, so northeast of Tampa. So I just got that like horizontal range sure. and like super high wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank goodness. Thank goodness we missed the brunt of it. It was pretty brutal at some areas. Yeah, the only thing I had to do, I had to run out to the the turkeys twice to fix a couple things and then i had to run out and put up poles and tape up or like tie up my uh some of my banana tree that's about it <laughs> oh cool each time you go out you get soaked hey hello brian what's up man hey how you doing alex good good yeah alex, you do you you do podcasts don't you alex yeah yeah i have my own okay. as well yeah oh wow all right so i'm i'm the i'm the an experienced podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Alex, what podcast do you do? I have one. It's called Elevated Lifestyle Lab. So it's my it's my supplement company, but I turned it into a brand and it originally started as a podcast. So I've got about 40 episodes up. Cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah it's That's been amazing. fun. But yeah, hey, I'm ready to kick it off whenever. I'm ready. Yeah, ready to go. Mm -hmm. Sweet. So, hey, I guess we could kick it off with, you know, a little bit about yourself. Like, Brian, I know you've been on before, but hey, what's that run history for y'all? Yeah, so uh, my name is Brian Schuyler. Yeah, I was on the podcast once before after I ran Lost 118, and um, it's great to be back. Uh, that was my first time ever being on podcast, so I think I'm prepared what to expect going into the second time. Um, but... I lost 118. That was this past January. And since then, it seems like so long ago, but I ran um, quite a few races since then leading me up to this Miami 125. Um, so, you know, everything uh, really paid off and uh, I had a good spring and summer of um, races all over the state. So, yeah, it was good. Nice, Brian. Yeah, the, uh, my name's Alex Weirich, Um, and funny you mentioned the Lost 118. I did that one not this past year, but the the year prior. So I guess two years ago, I believe. And it was uh, it's a beast of a race, depending on where the road work is. Um, that's uh, that was a, a a fun race. It was pretty tough. Yeah, th when I did it this past year, it was a out and back. So I think this coming year it'll be all the way around. So I'll have to um, do it again to experience that that part of the lake. Oh yeah, it's an adventure for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And a little, a little back history on my, uh, me running guys. I, I started. I'm pretty new to the ultra world. I've been doing it for about four years now, and I got into it. I stumbled across a David Bog uh, Goggins podcast, and uh, he kind of lit a spark under me. And I, uh, I started off with doing the the Spartan Mud races. 
I uh, got into the shorter distance, then the medium, and then the the half marathon distance. And I thought, well, let's let's crank it up. Just like most of the ultra runners you hear, it's like you, you go for a half marathon, and then the next thing you know, I'm doing a six day. So I I hopped into a few six day runs over the last few years, and a couple multi days, and uh, a couple hundreds, and just fell in love with the community and and uh, and and seeing how far I can push myself. And uh, and as far as r- races this year, I've only hopped into one this year, just because I've been uh been tied up with a lot of work but i did one of the uh the last man standing back in february which was a really cool format um and other than that it's been training up and uh it kind of worked out it i had a really good race for this miami 125 and uh it, it was pretty good i liked it yeah it's interesting you mentioned like another podcast with like david goggins and stuff like that there was one that i listened to that kind of woke me up made me realize all right hold on that's a good point I was listening to one of the Ginger Runner podcasts with my buddy Joe Gray. And, you know, Joe Gray, dude, he's been tons of times Team USA, multiple times either USA champion or world champion in, in the mountain running series, you know, that kind of stuff, MUT. But they asked, he, um, he asked him basically, when are you going to tie it up? And Joe's response was basically like, you know, the point is, what are my kids going to ask me? when i'm done running you know they're gonna say like hey why'd you stop running (laughs) and that question oh man that that put a fire under my belly because i was thinking shoot because someday i'm gonna have kids and they're gonna ask me hey why'd you quit running you know it can't be like oh you know i kind of got fat and out of shape no it's gotta be on the good note yeah 100 percent, man my uh you know i have two kids i have a a seven-year-old son a four-year-old daughter and you know, it's a big reason I got into this is, you know, I, five years ago having a dad bod and, you know, being a couch potato and eating like shit. And then, you know, kind of stumbling upon this podcast, kind of, I call it, a, it was my paradigm shift into a different, a different life that, uh, that I, I ended up choosing to go down. And it was, uh, you know, and having a, a little kid looking back at you and, and, and really admiring you and looking at everything you do, it just make you know pushes you that much harder to uh, not give up. You know, keep going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I started running. I guess about I'd say about ten or eleven years ago. I um, I actually I lost sixty pounds. I was getting I got in real good shape. I was going to the gym every day, and then after I'd be um, get done lifting weights, I'd run for a half hour on the treadmill, and you know got that up to about an hour. And I did, and then I started running five Ks, um, and so I was really enjoying that, and I was in great shape, the best shape of my life. Um, I went from two hundred and forty-five pounds down to like one sixty-five. Hell um, yeah! Yeah, at one point, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so <clears throat> um, yeah, I I started running, I was enjoying that, and then I opened up my own business um, eight years ago, and when I opened up my own business. I had to put all of my um, fitness and, you know, eating habits and stuff aside and just focus on making sure our business, um, you know, would um, start out right. And uh, but then once after after we were open for a few years, I started getting back into um, lifting weights and then I would just run for cardio and keep the weight down. And then when um, COVID happened, and they shut all the gyms down. And I was like, now what am I going to do? And then at that time, my father passed away too, you know, and then the COVID stuff was happening and they were saying, you know, people were going to come shut our business down. And I was just, and I was like, well, the gyms are shut down. So 
I guess all I can do is just run and do push-ups and pull-ups and stuff. So I just started increasing the distance and, uh, you know, three miles turned into 10 miles and just kept on going. And then um, the community that we're in <clears throat> uh, and through my business, I found out about a lot of races and stuff that were um, happening in the area. So I got involved with that. And uh, so, you know, and then here I am today still running them. And uh, it's been a great experience. So that's how I started running. Yeah, man. What's your business? <laughs> um, I own a frozen yogurt, acai, and smoothie shop right across from Juneau Beach, the most popular beach in Palm Beach County, probably. It's, it's a mile south of Jupiter Ridge where they do the sand spur um, races, just a, a mile south of there. So uh, well, I have to come was, see I, you. I'm in the area. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw you're in Jupiter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. So that's actually the sand spur. That's the first ultra race that I ran. Um, and it's like a mile up from my, my business. So that's kind of how I got into that. Yeah. Wait. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. What's it called? So we can send, uh, you know, oh. people your way. <laughs> <laughs> Elements frozen yogurt shop. Yeah. Elements frozen yogurt acai and smoothie shop. Heck yeah, right bro. In, in, right across from the Juno Beach Pier. So, yeah. Oh, nice. So. Yeah. So, I guess with coming back into the ultra thing, so I know for Miami, the Miami 100s normally 100 miles. But obviously, this year was special with, you know, Miami being 125 years old, the 125th anniversary. So, obviously, to celebrate, Lewis decided to tack on 25 extra miles for y'all to do. You know, the crazies who wanted to go after it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, sure. what made you decide? 125 instead of just 100 miles it was pretty enticing that they because he lewis had started it last year for the you know the race has been going on for like four or five years now and as of last year that was the city of miami's birthday so he decided to add that extra on and i didn't run the race last year but he had mentioned there was like six people that signed up for it the the part that gets everybody is at 100 miles you come in to where the start and finish line is and then you have the choice you make the decision if you go back out or not and nobody took the opportunity to do it last year uh so i just found it kind of interesting that nobody's done it they were offering it again this year and um so i i signed up for it in advance to kind of just put my mind forth to to do it i the, it, the if there had been 10 people that have done it already i be honest i probably wouldn't have done it but the fact that nobody had done it already it was uh it was intriguing to me yeah i saw that it was offered last year and uh no one had completed it and uh so i i thought that was really neat that um i would have the opportunity to be one of the first people to complete it um so that was cool but going into it i had two things on my mind um, the first being I run just survive 125. And if I plan on finishing just survive 125 in three months from now, I need to run this 125 with zero hesitation. <laughs> so that was the first thing. Um, and then the second thing is um, I've, I've ran several races with Lewis Coco and, you know, um, I really respect him. Um, for not only the great athlete that he is, but the great person that he is. And I wanted to go down there and run his race and make him proud. You know, he's seen me when I first started running ultras and he's seen every race that we ran together. I've signed up for the hardest, you know, distance 
that there is. And uh, a lot of times I get, you know, I just get beat down and, and he's seen that. Um, so I wanted to come down and run his race and uh, give the best performance that I could. So those, that's what was going in my mind. Yeah. And some of that's just, you know, obviously just putting yourself on the line. And I think one of the unique things with this race is that, you know, the runners have to navigate through Miami. You know, you're, you're just working with those directional cards with those step-by-step directions to each checkpoint. You know, what's uh, that like? Like, how do you game plan for a race that you just have to get the directions to while you're there? Well, um, I ran the uh, Miami 50-50 a few months ago, and it's the same type of format uh, where, you, you know, you get the uh, cards and then you go from checkpoint to checkpoint. So, um, actually, that experience running the Miami 50-50 um, was probably the most valuable tool that I had going into the Miami 125 is having that experience um, going down there for a previous race. Um, but uh, it, it's a really neat experience not going into it and not knowing exactly where you're going to end up. Um, and then you know, see seeing all the various parts of the city. Yeah, I found it pretty interesting. I, I haven't done a race uh, like this particularly before. It's either been like a point-to-point or just a loop type of break runs that I've done. So I, I found it pretty cool. Um, you know, at some points it, it was – what I realized after the race, hindsight, is that – by focusing on the the directional card for you know the entire race, it kind of pulled your mind out of like suffering so much or like how many miles do I have left till the next place? It's just let me get to this next street, make a right, let me get to the next street. So it, it kind of pulled. What I realized afterwards is you know fifty miles went by, and I'm like, man, it's kind of zooming by because all my focus was on making sure I don't get lost. Um, so it was it was pretty cool. It it uh, only got added on an extra three miles, <laughs> so I did get lost. Once or twice late in the night, I think I was kind of zombie walking and missed the turn, but my, my crew reeled me back in. But other than that, it was, uh, it was, it's pretty cool. It, it worked out, it worked out good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were definitely a few, uh, wrong turns. I, I think the farthest I made down a wrong turn might've been like a quarter mile yeah. before I got called before <laughs> I got called back. But yeah. <laughs> and I think one of the other things with this course that, you know, it's basically all pavement, you know, how does that pavement feel, you know, going from trail to road? And like, I know for you, Alex, you're probably prepping for the heart of the South road race that you've got. That's like literally 351 miles. Yeah, yeah, you saw that. Yeah, I signed up for that next June. Wow. And, you know, the uh, I, it kind of benefits me because where I train here, I, I run early in the morning, so I don't really have time to drive out to, to any kind of trail or pass or anything like that. So I run, I train on the road. So it was kind of just, uh, you know, another day in the neighborhood for me. It, um, it, it's kind of right up my alley running on the streets like that. So it, it didn't really affect me at all. I kind of enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed going through because i've been to miami several times but i've never seen all the different art districts and all the different um just all the designs and stuff of the city of you know we went through cali ocho we went through south beach you went through you know all the different parts of miami which were uh it was kind of cool it, it was cool to uh take your mind off the suffer fest for a little bit and kind of take in some art it was cool dang yeah yeah i love i, I love running on the road um you know i, I switch it up but, uh, you know, going into before a road race, um, you know, I get my feet and my 
uh, legs and all that ready to wear road shoes. Um, you know, so I'll switch over from wearing trail shoes for like zero, you know, on trails I wear a zero drop, um, the Lone Peak Ultras. But then when I run in the road, I like to wear the Brooks Ghost. So I give myself a few weeks um, to adjust to the different shoe. Like I, you know, as soon as I Miami 120, my trail shoes, because, and, I, and I'm wearing those to work to get my legs and uh, ankles and feet and stuff back acclimated to them because my next race is uh, the lake to ocean. So I'm sw- converting <laughs> from my road shoes back over to my trail shoes. But, all right, yeah, let's like go lake to ocean. I like it all. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there too. I'll be there too. That's right. Oh, man, you're going to love it. <laughs> There's like Fun 20 trail. plus virgins this year for the race. So I'm proud to be oh, yeah. proud to be a uh, Lake to Ocean Virgin. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> Which, hey, I, I don't even know how that course is going to go or how the weather's going to be or if it's going to be wet or dry. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm, to... expecting, I'm expecting it to be pretty wet. We've been getting quite a bit of rain. You know, well, we did get a lot of rain, but not since, since the storm passed. We haven't, but... Uh, yeah, it should it should be pretty wet. That's what I expect. Uh, you know, I expect a nice wet, soggy, wrinkly feet course. But yeah. I guess for the Miami 100, 125, you know, the first portion of the course, you get the map in the morning. How did those miles go? Or what was the weather like? It was nice the, the morning of the race. And, and since it's an early morning start, it starts at 5 a.m. It was actually really nice. So the first, you know, three three, four hours. It was nice and cool. It was through some nicer neighborhoods from what we could see. And, um, and it was nice. It was, uh, you know, no traffic, which is rare for Miami and not blazing hot sun. So I enjoyed those first few hours for sure. Yeah, it's neat. Um, Yeah, you start out and you start making your way up towards uh, downtown. um, But you go through the different neighborhoods and stuff. And some of them you can see the historic, you know, buildings and uh, structures in there that um, I guess not living in Miami, you don't really um, think about the history, you know, the, the old buildings and stuff down there. So yeah, it's, it's pretty neat way to start out. Um, when I, I started the race out um, solo and uh, Leo Acosta, uh, he crewed me um, but he he came down and met me around like mile 30 um and uh so the first uh like the first 30 miles of it i ran solo and um stopped into a couple of stores to uh i bought a coke at one and then to refill my water and then actually when we were going out onto that uh is that biscayne key um that causeway out there this crew helped me out a couple times refilling my water because I was just holding a handheld. Um, but I can get like uh, close to 10 miles on my handheld. Um, but yeah, so he helped me out when I was out on the causeway there for a little bit. And then uh, I had, I actually, I had Leo as set up as a beacon on my Strava so he could see where I was at. So when he came down to meet me, he could like pinpoint like right what street intersection I was on. And so he came down and met me and it was real good to see him. Um, and, uh, and then we, we went on together from there. Yeah. Alex, did you have a crew out there? Yeah, thankfully I did. I had, uh, I had two buddies that one came for the first half and the other one finished it out. So big shout out to those guys. It was a tremendous help. I know several people were out there trying to do it solo. And I know 
the first part of the race, there wasn't as many stores as people were hoping, but uh, thankfully I, I was able to, but I, I knew if I was going to get the full 125, I was, I was going to need some help. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to do a solo. And then I was, uh, I was at carnage at the canal and Leo was asking me about it. I was like, yeah, he's like, who's, who's crewing? I'm like, nobody. And he's like, he's like, well, I, I, I think I'm free that weekend. And I'm so glad that he did come down and help me because, uh, that would have been, that would have been extremely difficult to finish in time without getting lost or, you know, being able to keep everything together solo. Um, but yeah, so I, and he did a fantastic job. He's, he knows what he's doing and he takes that real seriously. Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, exactly. Cause I know the 125, I think you guys had like nine total segments, you know, you finally get past the first segment, that second segment. How did the next two segments go for you? Um, well, I guess, okay, the second, well, you know, we, after we went out on the Key Biscayne, um, we came back in and, uh, into the downtown area. And, uh, I was really, I was really hoping that we weren't going to go back over that other causeway that goes, uh, what is that? The Ricken, Ricken, that causeway or something, the one that goes over to South Beach, because that, those are hot and, there's no like access to shade or water or crew stop, anything like that. Um, you just gotta go over that causeway. And I think it's about two miles across it, I think. Um, but I was fortunate that we didn't go back over that until, or at least I didn't until later on when the sun was going down. <laughs> yeah. It was nice and cool by the time I went back over that. Um, but going through, uh, Wynwood, um, the heat got to me real bad and actually leo he came down and met me but then he grabbed my keys from me and went and got my car because my car had um at lewis's dojo it had all all my crew stuff um my coolers all set up and stuff so he went down and got that and by the time he got back to me man i was ready to just like do a face plant into the sidewalk i was so i was throwing up i was and uh it was rough, but I knew that um, as soon as he got back to me, um, I'd be able to get myself taken care of, getting myself cooled down. I knew I wouldn't be able to eat again for a little while, but I continued to try. Um, so he got back to me and got ice on me um, and some, you know, tried to get liquids and stuff. And uh, yeah, and then I just carried on. Yeah, that was uh, <clears throat> around the, the third, fourth checkpoint. That's a route around like marathon distance, 50K distance, and then all the way up to like 50 miles, which it took me about 12 hours to hit 50 miles. So really between, you know, the third and fourth checkpoint, you know, I, I, I posted something the other day I heard from Bill Schultz at one of these races. He says, uh, you know, manage the day, own the night. So between those hours, that's the hottest part of the day, I find. And that's where a lot of times, you know, a lot of runners can get in trouble, pushing it too hard, getting dehydrated, and, you know, the heat will just beat you up. So I, I call that time period there just manage at time. Just like it doesn't have to be a fast run, just keep moving. But most importantly, just stay hydrated, make sure you're eating a bunch. So during that time period, I was just making sure to stop periodically, hop in the truck, cool down by the AC, and just make sure I was getting enough electrolytes. And I'm just playing the, the waiting game at that point until the sun goes down. Because then at that point, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a second win, change clothes, go out fresh. So it was uh, during those hours, especially yeah. in Miami, you know, it, we, 
we it was supposed to be a little uh, overcasty and rainy, but it was uh, most of the time it was just full blown hot, hot, hot. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it never did rain. I was expecting it to at some point. It never did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Until the evening, then it started downpour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that's like the crazy thing. So eventually you make it to 50 miles in. It's like in a normal race, you're almost done. You know, you're halfway there. But not this time. You're not almost halfway done. How are you feeling at this point? Um, no, I no, I just had the normal, the normal heat. Uh, issues um but no i didn't have any i didn't have any feet problems or anything well i got to uh <clears throat> i think around like 1 a.m um well yeah around like 1 a.m i was at or 2 a.m i was at about mile 55 and uh i stopped and um took like a uh 20 or 30 minute nap um and then it continued going uh so that helped out a lot. And then at that point, so I got in to take a, to take a little rest and I started charging my watch and uh, my Strava stopped. So well, you know, but I, was just, I was just like, whatever, it doesn't even matter when, you know, I'm going for that buckle and the, who gives a crap about the watch. So I started that over. So I, I so I never really exactly knew like through from then on, like, how far i had gone <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't doing the math so um i was just looking at the checkpoint cards though yeah yeah that helped the, the checkpoint cards helped a lot <clears throat> helped pull, mm -hmm. the, pull the mind off of it yeah i mean for, for me around 50 miles that i was telling myself a few different things but most importantly it was like don't think of this as the halfway point right because if i'm going to do the 125 I, I gotta like settle into the fact that i'm not halfway there yet so around 63 miles is what I was shooting for just to feel that halfway point. Um, but for me, nothing, you know, I've had in, uh, in well, some of my other longer runs, I've came up with some either some really bad shin splints or some knee problems that's kind of made me just walk the whole race. So that's always in the back of my mind around that distance is when it kind of occurs. But luckily this time, you know, everything, um, it, you know, just like in, in most races, it kind of ebbs and flows, you know, around the 50K mark, legs felt super heavy. You know, that's the... Uh, heat really hot part of the day and then um and then it kind of goes away and the, the sun goes down and like i said it kind of it helps me get a, a fresh burst of energy and then and then uh i, I was kind of rock and roll and i i popped a couple ibuprofen a couple caffeine pills and uh you know around like 10 o'clock that night you know around uh you know, closer to the halfway point. Cause I, I, I judge when I hit 50 miles, I was 12 hours in. So I knew to even get to the hundred mark, I wasn't going to do that second half any faster than the first half. So I knew I was looking at around 27, 28 hours to finish the hundred. So like, I, I'm kind of a numbers guy. So I was just able to start breaking down like, okay, if I do it this far, this far, I can get there at this point. And uh, so for me, I, I started realizing I, I was passing a couple people on the on the check-in list, um, you know, maybe around one or two in the morning. So it gave me a little motivation to, to kind of start hitting it heavy um, through the, the wee hours because I know that's, you know, it's when people get really tired and uh, hit a bunch of walls. So I just tried to, tried to push it through those hours and I kind of blew my load a little too early because I, I, I started running around mile 70 and... and at least had a solid run for you know at least six or seven hours but then by the time i got done with the 100 and i had the 25 to go i was like oh shit <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be a long 25 <laughs> i can relate to that yeah when after it um 
Well, right before I got into the Cali um, Ocho, um, as it was raining, I started running again, and, and I ran for quite a while, and um, I passed like five or six people, um, and, and it, it felt great, you know. I uh, and I, I, this race was my best athletic performance um, ever, so I was really, you know, I was really proud of how I did. Um, but once I, once I got to the hundred, um, I definitely paid for, uh, putting so much effort in those previous hours, but it was okay because I bought myself enough time where, um, I wasn't like chasing the clock down to the wire at that point. So that's how I looked at it, you know, um, once I got to that point of, oh man, I used up too much energy. What am I going to do now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I figured the same thing. I allotted enough time to where I could walk the whole thing. I didn't want to have to do that for the last 25, but you know, I was kind of saying the same thing. Like, okay, I got, I've got 13 hours. I can, I can walk it. I can do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was almost hoping when I got in because I knew there was uh, at least a handful of people in front of me. If there would have been two or three people out doing the 25, I probably would not have went back out. But since I came back in and, and nobody had tried to go out for it, I'm like, ah. Uh, Okay, I'm in it. Let's do it. <laughs> oh yeah, I, well, yeah. I was behind you, and I was like, I was like, who's in front of me? And they're like Alex in front there, and, and uh, yeah, I was, I was uh, seeing. I think you were, you were like two hours in front of me or something. I think at that point, but yeah, yeah I was checking to see who's in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the wild thing is like at mile 100. So now you have to do 25 more miles. I know you both mm -hmm. chose the North Loop. How did you make that decision between the two? Um, well, I chose the well. When I thought that you just chose either the north or the south, I didn't realize that you would um, choose. But then you would you would it would just choose which one you started on. So um, I asked which one Alex was on. So I heard that Alex was going north, so I was going after him. I knew he was like, I knew he was, I knew I was way behind him, but I was like, well, that's the way we're going, you know. Um, so I, I went north, but then also um, just because you know I I was doing really good, and I didn't want to do anything, um, you know, uh, that would risk me not finishing, and I was familiar with the neighborhood a little bit more going north than i was south so um that was another thing I, I wanted to play it safe and go with an area that i was familiar with um and go north because you know i just did that summer slam over the summer and yeah. uh i you know i completed the octopus 100 i completed the skunk ape and then i went for the ridge to nowhere but I um, missed a cutoff, and so I DNF that race. Um, but if I would have dropped down to a lower race, I probably would have finished it and accomplished a SummerSlam. But, you know, I wanted the more challenge. Um, but so with this race, I didn't want to do anything that would uh, possibly, you know, mess up my being able to finish it. So I chose north, the safe route. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, the reason I picked it, it was just the longer of the two. I think it, you know, out and back was like 13. So you come back in and only have, or maybe it was further, maybe out and back 16. And then you come back in and the the south course, you only have nine left. So I figured, let me get the bigger chunk out of the way because I know coming back in, you know, at a mile 115, I'm going to be hurting. So that's, uh, that was the main reason I did it. Like, let's get this big, big sucker out of the way. And then uh, we'll, we'll just get through the rest when we get back. But yeah, so when, uh, yeah, um, when I got to mile 100, it was no question that I was going to go back out. You know, I knew I was just going to get started back out. And uh, then once I'm out, if I needed to stop and rest or something like that, um, which I did end up having to do, um, I would get there. But uh, when I got to mile 100, I had the pleasure of meeting um, Bob Becker. I'd never met him before. And then Lucian was there um also and uh and lewis and so you know they were all cheering me on to go back out too so it was easy to get back out get back out the door <laughs> especially when you got bob and a little ooh wee to get you out <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you ain't quitting after that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i guess take me into those final 25 miles man how did those final 25 go uh you know me i started off pretty uh pretty like pumped like let's get this thing over with and i remember i remember one of the other runners had came and stopped he was done running he came and and caught up with me around like mile 108 so like eight miles into the first thing and i remember i was struggling at that point so i think all the I, I never took a nap or anything. I said, I think the sleep deprivation was getting to me and the heat, it was back now, it's, you know, it's probably about 11 in the morning. So the heat was like full force again. So I remember distinctly right around mile 108, I'm like, all right, this is going to be a long, long finish here. But, um, you know, I, I knew it was, I didn't know if anybody else was going to do it either. So I didn't know until I got back for the second checkpoint that Brian had went back out. So in my mind, I was like, I'm the only one out here. I'm not going to like try and push it too crazy. Just try and, you know, one foot in front of the other. And then, uh, and then once I got back and I was able to go back to the checkpoint and go down the south route, I knew Brian was there. So I was always looking over my shoulder because I, from about that point on, it was just all walks. I, the, you know, it took me 27 hours, 40 minutes to do the 100. And then it took me another 10 hours just to do the 25. So I was, I was hurting. <laughs> Good man. Oh, man. Uh, wow. Yeah, I was coming. I was, I, mean, I was trying. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, well, I got to the 100 and that was, that, that was my um that was my fastest time for a hundred mile i got uh 29 hours and four minutes i think that that's the first time i ever ran a hundred miles under 30 hours um oh heck yeah yeah so that was good um so yeah then i, I went back out and uh yeah the heat was back out and, and then i was starting to get sick again and you know the, the heat was getting to me bad the fatigue um so around like mile 102 um, I, I sat down, got in the vehicle to cool off and I was just like jackhammering. And, um, you know, I said to Leo, I was like, I don't think I can do, I don't think I can do this anymore. It's not, it wasn't that I didn't want to, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't, I wanted to be out there still, but like physically, like I, I didn't know if I could physically move forward anymore. And then he was like, Oh no, 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 you don't, don't start saying that. And he mentioned a couple of people, you know, back here that were, wanting to see me finish this and uh you know i said okay yeah and so um i rested for a little bit and you know stopped uh got my body cooled down stopped shaking and got back out of the car and just started going 
And yeah, for the last 25 miles, for most of it, I was walking, but then I think for a little bit, I was starting to try to jog a little bit. I was using a timer. I started out doing uh, three minute intervals, you know, walk three minutes, run three minutes. And I did that for first, you know, a third of the race, but then um, I dropped it back to like run a minute, walk, you know, three or four minutes and did the best I could with that. Um, and then I, I took a, you know, I took a wrong turn on that last 25 miles. And so I had to, uh, that, yeah, I got some extra distance there. Um, <laughs> and then, oh yeah. Um, so, so I got back, I, I knew I was the last person out on the course. Um, so I, I got back as quick as I could. It was just pretty good. I felt, I felt real good about it. I think I, I, my final time for the 125 was like 38 hours or something. So it took me another nine hours to do the, from the hundred to the 125. Yeah. yeah, it was tough. It's it's tough that you have that, you know, it was an easy choice to go back out, but it's still like a mental thing. Cause you know, I think hundred is always, you know, a good distance to run. And a lot of races are a hundred, but even as much as I was thinking the whole time, like, okay, I'm not done at a hundred. I'm not done at a hundred. I still have that thought that like, Oh man, it'd be nice to just like call it right now. Huh? Like this would be perfect. <laughs> and the fact that you stop at the, you know, where the finish line is and then go back out from there, it makes it, uh, it makes it, and I understand now why people sign up and then they get to that point and they're like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and that's the crazy thing. Like I went to bed, you know, all comfy and I woke up and looked at my phone. It's like, holy shit, they're still going. <laughs> I yeah. woke up for my morning run, got done. I was like, oh my God, these guys, they got to do it. They got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, um, well, I ran the 118 and when I got towards the end of the 118, I was, um, I, like moving five feet was so difficult for me. But then when I got, when I got it, you know, up into 110, 115, um, for this race, I knew that I was feeling a lot better for this one than I was at the previous one. So, you know, I told myself if I, if I could have made it, if I made it then I, you know, I can, I'll, I'll be able to make it keep going. So, uh, yeah, when I finished this 125, I felt better physically than I did when I finished the 118. So that's good. Nice. Yeah. Progress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Learning how to take care of myself. That's the big, you know, the biggest thing. Um, I don't think, you know, physically I'm not in that much better shape. I don't think than I was a year ago, but I've just learned so much how to take care of myself and pace myself and, um, and also having a, amazing crew person there um made a big difference too but my my crew for lost 118 was amazing also um but yeah i've just learned how to pace myself a lot better um and eat and i also yeah, i also switched over to using chewable um electrolyte tablets instead of the capsules and those have worked out a lot better for me um i think i'm i'm been able to increase my salt by switching nice. over to the chewable things, just, you know, sucking on those. Um, but we went through so much ice, uh, probably over 20 bags. Of, uh, yeah. Over 20 bags of ice, putting ice socks on me and stuff. 
20 bat. Yeah. That's like race director status. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. It, it, it would just melt right off me. Good night. <laughs> it was hot. Yeah, that's what I find interesting about doing a lot of ultra events is, you know, the first handful I did is you learn so much. And then as obviously, as you go on and on, you find out what you can eat, what, you know, how to take care of yourself properly as far as, you know, attending to blisters or chafing and all that different type of stuff. And I I think that's such a huge part because like even a lot of these races that that I've been doing, you know, I, I. I, it's hard for me to train even more running more than like 30 miles a week and you know some people just do that on saturday and it's and i think it has so much of it has to do with just knowing how to manage like I, I i was telling somebody the other day when they were asking they were asking like oh how do you how do you run that far and i i, I think i try to tell everyone at a certain point it just becomes a management of pain it's like how you know you kind of just go into a as long as nothing mechanically goes wrong i've been in that as mm-hmm. aspect too where if you know you have something blow out you have you can't do anything with that but to, but learning from these races as far as like what to, what to know what to do at what time you know i kind of have just like a lot of runners i'm sure do is that you know certain distances you kind of know how you're going to feel for me you have little mental checkpoints like you know okay marathon's done all right boom now i got four more of those left and then you kind of just start breaking them down but you kind of know how you're supposed to feel like oh around mile 35 it's time for an ibuprofen around mile you know 25 let's change the socks so it's i think that plays a, a big part of it uh, for the longevity of this and and being successful in the longer distances is knowing how to manage the heat during the day and then how knowing how to really fuel your body without getting sick you know it goes goes a long way yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good point too and if, eventually it's just finding the light at the end of the tunnel you know how far away do you see lewis's dojang knowing like hey right there that's it that's the finish it's right there <laughs> <laughs> it was it was enticing man like i said if 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 there would have been people already doing the 125 i was going to call it i was going to do 100 so it's super enticing just to call it at that point you know yeah like alex was saying i think uh yeah when i'm training sometimes i feel like i'm not being able to run as many miles as maybe i, I ought to and stuff but with other responsibilities um you can't always but as long as you're learning how to take care of yourself and you're keeping your body conditioned and then also keeping, you know, just keeping that mental state of mind to be able to push through um, a challenge like that, you know, when it comes race day, you get get right it back in that, into it. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I guess coming into that final stretch, you know, you're right there. You cross that finish line. How did it feel to finish 125 ish miles i was looking forward to it so much man i told you like the last like six miles were so long because i was walking like at a 23 minute mile like (laughs) bone like so slow like two miles an hour almost and it was and i had got to the point where i couldn't run anymore so i could see at some point you come back out on us1 and you can see the dojo it's maybe like two miles but i'm like oh it's only two miles but as slow as i'm walking that's like a full hour so it was uh (laughs) it was like it was uh, it was just teasing me basically. I was like, uh, I, I couldn't wait for it to be over. I I crossed the finish line and Lewis was like, go inside, lay down. And I said, if I lay down there, I'm not gonna be able to get back up. So I just walked to my truck, started it. I passed out in the seat. My wife ended up coming in like 20 minutes later and just drove me home. And I was I was sleeping the whole way. My my feet. Body wise, I, I I did I fared pretty good, nothing majorly, but my feet were so sensitive and so swollen that I just I had to get off of them. I was I was done at that point. 
Yeah. Yeah. When I came back um, in for the hundred and I went back out, Lewis said to me, if I could get back by seven thirty PM, that'd be great. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I got back at like seven twenty three, and I looked at my watch. And I was like, I made it. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so I got my buckle and, um, I just, I had my car there. So I just went and slept in my car for, um, a few hours and then, uh, got up and went home. And talk about a belt buckle. Yeah. Yeah. Those are cool, man. Lewis hooked it up. Those are really cool. Really detailed. It really shows the course, how it goes through Miami. It's, uh, it's really cool. So we got the 100 mile buckle and the 125 challenge buckle. So they got the Ooh. double. Yeah, two for one, two for one special. We got, um, but yeah, the the buckles are uh, carved um, by Bree uh, from Wicked Skins. Beautiful, um, really nice award for that. Yeah. yeah, I saw pictures of that. I'm like, oh man, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. <laughs> but, yeah, it was it was just it was such a um, it was such an honor to finish that and. Uh, you know, like I said, be down there um, running Lewis's race and uh, with all the other athletes and uh, people down there helping out and volunteering. And then Leo um, as my crew, it was a, a fantastic, uh, you know, fantastic experience. Yeah. Yep, I can totally, totally agree with that. Lewis always is a yeah. hold the solid events and the great guy. And, you know, you got to appreciate all the volunteers and all the help that the people do to, to put on these races. Um, you know, I had a great time. And uh, same thing, huge respect for Lewis. Big shout out to him and big shout out to my crew, uh, Jimmy and Miguel. They were they were clutching me finishing this thing. And uh, same thing. I really had a pleasure. That's that's what brings me back to these events consistently is just the community and uh, being able to share some miles with people out there and share war stories it's uh you know it's it's, it's really fun it brings me back yeah exactly and i guess kind of with that we can kind of wrap it up with you know what was the good the bad the ugly those final thoughts those final opinions for the miami 100 125 this year i would say um the good was uh my performance it was like the it was the best um that i've ever done the smartest i've ever ran the you know um it was my best athletic event probably in my life um but i wouldn't have been able to do that well had i not had someone helping me like leo um was there helping me every step of the way um focused you know uh there with what I needed and uh and then also not giving up on me pushing me and knowing you know knowing that um I can do this and uh you know not just giving up on me when I was doubting myself um so you know that was a that was good um and I finished it well and uh you know not not really anything no bad um the ugly is just the heat, man. It always gets to me, and I just end up getting sick. Most of, most of the races, I get sick, but I just deal with it. I don't let it. I don't let it stop me because it always passes. But um, you know, I've, I've been able to better management, but it's something that I'm still working on. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would say I'm pretty close with you on on the good. There was one of my better races, uh, race experiences, race outcomes. Uh, so the good would be uh, solid performance. Um, and then obviously the good is a well-ran race. A lot of volunteers and everything really made it successful. Um, the bad, I kind of consider anything bad about this race. I, I was skeptical about using the cards to, you know, map around. But like I said, hindsight, I think it actually helps pull yourself out of the race a little bit as far as the, you know, not thinking about blisters and stuff. So I would say no bad, uh, you know, a good day suffering running is, uh, is a good day in my book any day. And then the ugly, I would say the ugliest is the three toenails I lost. <laughs> That's about oh, it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd say the bad, the bad is my, my Strava stopping on my furthest distance I ever ran and my freaking Strava didn't work. But oh well, oh, yeah, that sucks. I forget about it. <laughs> oh, that is bad. That is <laughs> <That's>, bad. <laughs> oh well, next time I'll have to do it again. Yeah, and I mean, like, what a perfect way to tour, like Miami. Yeah, it's cool. I've uh, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in Miami, but I could say that I have a very well understanding of navigating through Miami <laughs> between the fifty fifty and this. I've learned. I've learned a lot of the streets all the sides of it yeah yeah it's really cool the uh you know you i've only been to the main areas in miami but uh doing this going through all the different kind of art districts there's a ton of art through scattered out through miami whether it's graffiti on the walls or designs of the buildings or landscaping that they do you know something unique or big billboards like it was really cool it was a really cool way to see miami yeah, you see, you see uh, some pretty crazy stuff when you're running around the streets of Miami for 37 hours. <laughs> yeah, <for> sure. <laughs> I'm sure those late yeah. nights, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. are a little bit different than yeah. p.m. <laughs> but hey, yeah, y'all, this was awesome. Cool. Well, I, I look forward to seeing you out at um, the Lake the Ocean in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good luck with that, boys. That'll be fun. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Alex, I've seen you at a couple of races. I always recognize the back of your logo on the back of your shirt. I think oh, I'm yeah, man. you're Thank always you. running in front of me. I always recognize <laughs> that. So, yeah, man, I'll see you. I, I'm local in Jupiter, but yeah, I'll see you. Yeah, now, now I know where you are. I'm always down for a good acai bowl, so I'm definitely going to swing in and see you. Yeah, Elements, right across from the Juno Pier. Cool, man. Yeah, we get, congrats mm -hmm. on the finish too, man. Thanks, you too. Yeah, great job. Thank you. Heck yeah. Yeah, Joseph, thank you for having me on, man. I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, always love chatting about uh, about these races. It's always fun. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah man, thank you. I appreciate it. Yep. I'll see you guys soon. Alrighty, we'll see you later. Bye. Yeah. And there we have it for the stories from the Miami 100 or 125. These guys knocked it out of the park, tacking on those extra 25 miles to make it happen. I also have to mention this was the most international field that Lewis has had out at the Miami 100. So heck yeah for that. And hey, there we have it. Stories from the Miami 100. And yeah, until next time. Happy trails.